You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And he's discussing, of course, the inauguration of the Mishkan. And he tells us that Vayava, based on the Pasik, Vayava Moshe, that Moshe himself was somehow invited in the process of the inauguration that was invited to join Aaron in some of the things he was doing specifically to bless the people. And if you think about it, once Aaron takes over as the Kohen Gadol, he is the high priest, he is the one who should be doing everything. Why does Moshe get any role at all? That's what the Alshech is trying to resolve. So Vayavai Moshe, you see on the inside of page 852, Chash al-Kavod Moshe. Hashem was at this point concerned with the honor of Moshe. She'im she'berach Aaron as ha'am. For although Aaron had already blessed the people, why are they coming and blessing again? Lo yarda ha'esh, Hashem did not bring down the fire. Achen ischaber lo Moshe, until Moshe joined as well. Vayvarchu shneim as ha'am, and they both blessed the people. Then miyad Hashem. Then the honor of Hashem appeared. and a fire came out. Then they rejoiced. Al for the fire coming down. they fell on their faces. Al Hashem at the vision of the glory of Hashem. So his first offering here, pun intended, is that the reason why Moshe is invited to give the blessing here is only then does the fire come down. Is because of the honor of Moshe, as we know, and he discusses this at length as well, that the Medrash tells us that originally the plan would have been for Moshe Rabbeinu to have been the Kohen Gadol as well. He would have been the high priest as well as the leader of the Jewish people. But because Moshe is not fast enough to accept his role as the leader of the Jewish people, he fights God on it. And so one of the, the fallouts of that is that the kahuna is handed to his brother Aaron. However, in uh, this is a concept that appears throughout the Torah, which has many, for example, in one of the explanations for why Moshe Ravenu's name does not appear in Parshish Tetzaveh, is because that's the point where he was uh, talking about the clothing of Aaron, his brother, and um, we didn't want to insult Moshe Rabbeinu. Anyway, but here, um, we Moshe Rabbeinu was working the first seven days, the eighth day was supposed to be Aaron's day, and that would have been somewhat uh, difficult for Moshe, even on his level, and so for for the sake of his honor, Hashem allows um, Moshe to have one part, which is that until he joins Aaron, we don't really have the fire coming down from heaven. That's That's a simple explanation a, a fair one in the world of Pshat. But, you know, what's difficult with that is, is that Aaron was, uh, I mean, Moshe was such an honor. Yeah, you but... You have to be concerned about him feeling slighted because he uh, being an Being an honor is still, is still not, uh, doesn't protect you from being disappointed. Right. Given the, what seems from my perspective, the difference between you're resisting Hashem because you're humble, and being involved in the Chayyid Eagles of Hunt, which Aaron was. 
why? Why? Well, the, the, those two are those two are two separate subjects. We're not we can't counterbalance Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, the the question of whether Moshe Rabbeinu resisting too hard is is enough to lose him to Gunagadola is a question on its own. And then there's a separate question of why is Aaron chosen if we consider his position in the building of the golden calf. Right. But we don't want to pit them against each other because we don't have we don't have um, actual values for them. Okay. Let's just ask at least why Aaron's involvement in the golden calf didn't disqualify him. So the, um, he, he discusses that a little bit as well. The simplest answer is that Aaron's involvement in the golden calf was um, a, a positive thing. If you consider all the things that he had been doing to delay the golden calf, and that he was doing what he considered to be the best thing to do in how, that situation. How could it be positive? Moshe Rabbeinu said that he davened for Aaron not to be destroyed. Uh, well, Aaron's children. No. He said, Yeah, I mean, all, all, all this, it's still... It wasn't positive. Well, he, he still had a part in the making of the golden calf, and that's not positive. But Aaron's intentions <coughs> and his purposes were for a positive thing, and so, and, and really, this is a discussion for Varshus Kisisa rather than this week's <coughs> Josh suggested that maybe uh, Aaron was more approachable and more of a, for the people to represent them for all the, 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 the sacrifice and that type of thing than Moshe. Moshe was more. Yeah, yeah no, no. The, the, the values of Aaron and his, some of his merits, certainly. We're just responding to the question of how do we resolve that versus his role in the making of the golden calf. That's true. But, but that is true, yeah. To what extent did he make the golden calf? Just the so that depends on which measures you go with and all of that. That's a whole a whole other discussion. However, the Alshech says, O Yehiya now he gives us a whole new explanation. And uh, um, it, it's a fascinating thing that the Alshech Basically, his if you go through the five books of the Torah from the beginning to the end, um, the whole Sefer, you've basically got a full commentary on the entire Pirkei Avos. Uh, basically, the entire ethics of our fathers is covered somewhere in 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 his commentary to the Chumash. I think people have actually drawn out all these comments and made a separate uh, Pirish on the Pirkei Avos from it. So this would be an example of it, where he uh, decides in order to explain this verse, he's going to elaborate on this Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, and it just so happens that um, yesterday was the first Shabbos when the custom is to read Pirkei Avos, which would have made it chapter 1, and this is a Mishnah in chapter 1, so you can imagine how he probably tried to find a way in Parshas Shemini to tie in a little bit of chapter one of Pirkei Avos. So, oh yeah, any the idea would be like this. In the mission of Shimon Atzadik, Shamar who said, "Al shlosha devarim haolam omed." The world stands upon three things: al Torah, upon Torah, al avoda. I'm filling in the blanks here. Upon the service and al gemilus chasadim and acts of kindness. Vehu, and the way it works is like this: ki kiyum haolam halaze hashafel. The way that this lowly world is sustained. 
Einenu kiim al yidei bo shefa me'olam ha'elyon. It's because the influence of life and sustenance and everything comes down from the upper world. This world has no battery of its own. It has no life of its own. It's, this world is very physical. All of its life, all that sustains it and keeps it together, comes down from a higher realm. But it does not go directly from the higher realm to our realm. It goes from the world of the presence of God to the world of the angels. The world of the angels, those are the messengers to transmit whatever influence is happening in this world. And then it travels through the world of the spheres. Uh, it travels through the universe and the galaxies. That's why... I'm going to say this, this may sound strange, but this is why you could see the future in the stars and in the planets, not because the planets have any actual effect, but because whatever is flowing down is flowing down through them, and the arrangement of the stars and the galaxies are going to influence um, the the, uh, effect, but it's really the effect that's adjusting the arrangement of the stars and the galaxies. So if someone looks up at the stars and sees Jupiter is, uh, you know, in, in Jupiter is next to Mars, suggesting that some kind of war is coming, if that would be true, that would be because there's actually a war in the world that's causing the now. How could you say that the war is causing that when we could probably predict um, if we had the right calculations, we could have predicted a thousand years ago that that's the way it would work. That's because God, is, in His infinite wisdom, is able to set up that it should look like the stars and planets have a natural um, system of movement. But, but God made that the shape of the ellipses, of the movements of the spheres in heaven, should be at the exact degree that best reflects what the entire future is going to look like. But... When we talk about Hashem adjusting the stars, that means that uh, the stars have been adjusted, but really all the influence that comes down has to be adjusted. So, as we talked about later. When God put man on the earth, He has four different levels where we would need atonement. HaChomer Mi'olam HaShafel his physical is from the physical world. All your, break down your body, and you would find carbon and hydrogen and, uh, and uh, uh, oxygen and whatever else, uh, all the ones, I mean, probably uh, most of the periodic table. Well, that stuff comes from the physical world. But then you have a life source. Your life source, which is true of all animals, which is true of all things that have life in them, that's not a real soul in the sense of a self, in the sense of uh, that real life. It's much more mechanical. Therefore, your life source is related to the mechanical world of the world of the spheres. Vaharuach, 
then you have a spirit within you. Me'ein olam ha'malachim, that is a part of you which is most fitting, or really comes from, the world of the angels, who are called ruach, as you just said 20 minutes ago, k'dichsiv ose malachav ruchos. Hashem made his angels ruchos, spirits. And then, v'haneshama me'ein olam ha'elyon. Your neshama, your, the true soul, that comes from the highest world. So there's no doubt. God creates man. Each of us has one part in each of these four realms. Because we are meant to be that ladder which is embedded in the ground. And your head reaches into heavens. Listen to this. Because you are the ladder by which comes down. The Arba Madri goes up on the four levels, Shefa Ha'elyon, the um, flow that flows down. Amazing idea from the Al-Sheikh, it's based on the teachings of the Zohar. But what he's saying is, we have these four realms. But in order to have a ladder or a channel that brings stuff down from the highest realm, you need something, some kind of ladder or, or pole or, or slide that can bring stuff down. And the human being is just that. We are made up of four levels. Those four levels are a piece of each of the worlds. And so we, our neshama, which is all the way up in the highest realm, all the way down to our goof in the lowest realm, we become the ladder that carries stuff up and down through all four realms. Uh, is that the Yaakov's ladder? And also like the Omer, we do the Omer, perfect the Yeah, all of that's related, yes. It, it, is the or are the four levels corresponding to the the Atzilut and the uh... yes yes all, all all the fours all the fours the four kingdoms the four cups the four mothers the uh, the four horsemen okay adam all the way from the highest realm where the soul of man is from. And from there, all the way down to the world of the angels, related to man's spirit. From there to the world of spheres, related to the man's nefesh. And from there to the earth, from which man's physicality was etched. But this is, of course, only true if we perfect ourselves and make ourselves into the right vessels to receive these. So I was thinking, says the Alshach, he says, this is why Shemel HaTzadik picks on these three. Torah... He starts with the three things the world stands on. Torah, Avodah, and Gemilas Chasadim. So Torah, Vayashes Aleim Tevel, as it says, and he set upon them the earth. Vukine Yadua, we know, Ki HaTorah, He may Olam HaElyon. The Torah is God's wisdom. So the Torah is what we have in this world related to that highest realm. Vakein Lahorit Shafal Melmala. So in order for man to become the vehicle to bring down that influence from the highest realm, what key, what tool do we have to access that? Wow. That's through Torah. Torah. 
So he's saying, by fulfilling the Torah, by studying the Torah, you have now, your neshama has now connected within the highest realm, and you have now received through the Torah, you now have this influence to bring down. But the mitzvot? Oh, you're, you're getting ahead. And then you have to bring that down into the realm of the angels. So now you need to do something which is considered a merit within the realm of the angels. So he says, Because we learned that there is a temple, there is a Besamikdash up above Kanoda. Asher hubi olam in the world of the angels. And we said that the Beis HaMikdash below correlates and corresponds with the Beis HaMikdash up above. So by us doing the service in the Beis HaMikdash below, we have now drawn down that holiness from the realm of the angels down into closer to our realm. And that's why we have the service of the Beis HaMikdash as the second thing. And today, of course, we don't have the Avodah and the Beis HaMikdash, so that's replaced with prayer, which is the equivalent. And then, now, we need to connect to the realm of the spheres. We need to connect, connect to the astronomical slash astrological realm. Uh-huh. So, there, that's through acts of kindness. How so? He explained. Because acts of kindness are related to that world. Because there's nothing in the spiritual realm in that world. That world, as much as it's a higher world than us, there is no spirituality. There is no mitzvahs in heaven for the um, for the spheres, I should say. Meaning, the planets they move. There's no free will there. Because these are physical things, there's no benefit. Therefore, the entire realm of the spheres is being sustained purely by God's kindness. Uh, that's an interesting take that he has, which is that God has an entire realm that brings nothing upward and only receives downward. So that's, that's the world of the, of the uh, galaxies. So what's the connection between the Gemilas HaChsadim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the spheres and our Gemilas HaChsadim? Well, so then he's saying it's exactly it. So when we access the merit of acts of kindness, we are now connecting to the only perspective that that realm has in its relationship with God, which is to receive, to be in the benefit of the recipients of acts of kindness. And that becomes the key to release all the holiness, all the influence, all the positivity that's um, in that realm. So Moshe was Torah and uh, Avodah yeah, was Aaron and we are the Gemara's Chassadim? Well, that's not the, we're, that's the next <coughs> paragraph. We're not up to there yet. But, but first, this concept that Torah, Avodah, and Gemara's Chassadim <coughs> are the keys to channel down, as he explained, there's four realms and there are four parts of you and you're connected to those realms and so you have to bring that down through these 
three levels of mitzvahs. And it's interesting that um, we say tzedakah tatzel mimavas. Tzedakah saves you from death. And the Gemara brings the story of Rabbi Akiva's daughter. Rabbi Akiva was once uh, walking down the street and this Chaldean, this, uh, this um, um, woman looks into her crystal ball and uses that really creepy voice to say, your child will die you know, on, her, uh, on her wedding day. So... Um, um, when the next morning, uh, after her wedding day, sometime later, um, she wakes up and Rabbi Akiva looks at her and says, uh, you know, you're alive. And so she says, <coughs> excuse me, that morning she had pulled out her brooch from the wall, and uh, which she had stuck in the night before, and pulled out a snake with it. So as she was going to sleep, she had put... Uh, she had put the brooch into the wall and killed the snake. So he says to her, this, this is a miracle. This requires some special merit. What did you do? Tell me what you did. So after some time, she remembered that during the wedding, there was a poor man who knocked on the door, and um, no one was paying him any attention because it was a wedding. And so she didn't have, she didn't want to leave him you know, not taken care of. So she took her own plate off the table, and she handed it to him. Now to think of a kala at her wedding, having that kind of only the daughter of Rabbi Akiva, who was one of the greatest uh, of the Gabay Tzedakah within. So with the Gemara says from there, Tzedakah Tatzal Mimavis. That from here we see Tzedakah saves from death. Clearly that was the merit. And to think about, you know, um, this, this story should be made more famous. Of uh, uh, We should tell these stories to, uh, certainly to brides, to consider that, uh, you know, the real, the real merit for future is that kind of... Uh, that kind of self-sacrifice, but um, it's interesting though that these this astrologer was coming with her knowledge of the realm of of um, of the spheres in the of the uh, of the heavenly spheres, and it's interesting that it's specifically tzedakah which saves her. It doesn't say that there's any other mitzvah that saves her. And according to this alshech, this would explain why, whenever there's something bad in the stars, specifically tzedakah is what uh, overcomes that. Okay. So is there is this contradiction with the parents? It seems to that what the Alim has no spirituality. Seems to suggest that spirituality is consistently going down. It's always there. So th- th- this is a it's a complicated subject because um, there's um, there is some, for example, the Rambam. Yeah, I find many. Uh, we have time now. Yeah, there's um, a lot of people who are very rationalist, very rational, and uh, they uh, attribute when we you know when we say, but we believe midrashim, we believe in all these things, and some of them suggest some supernatural things. Their response is, well, you know, I'm a I'm a student of the Rambam. I'm a student of the Rambam, and the Rambam was much more of a rationalist, and he didn't consider any of these. So first of all, they're not, it's not true that the Rambam didn't... Um, these people are taking what the Rambam may have begun as an approach and extending it way beyond the Rambam, whatever. But I say to these people, so do you believe that the moon is aware of itself? And that the moon is aware of God? Because the Rambam says that. We have no way of knowing, because we don't understand the mechanism of anything being able to be aware of itself. It's not the mushy gray matter that's in your skull. It, that, that's not what it is. So there's absolutely no reason why we should um, be convinced, or any way that we could know. It's not like the moon 
is going to be aware of the astronauts landing on it, and then why didn't it throw them off, or why doesn't the moon cry when we dig in it? That's not that. That's silly. But is the moon aware of itself in terms of its presence and of its movements? You know, that's that's a so uh, exactly where the alshach is in that position of. Um, the Rambam would be of the opinion that the sun and moon have a greater understanding and awareness of God than we do. And so that would fit with that. Where he's putting it is more in terms of um, there's no... There's no... Um, there's no... It's all physical, and therefore whatever is, whatever is spiritual is not tangible there. So I'm sure there's a way to resolve it, but that's a good question. Okay, now let's go back to the Psukim as Ricky started for us. As we learned, that day was not just the inauguration of the Mishkan, but that day was the sustaining of the world. Ki al yado through the Mishkan, Shefa Elyon Azhaya Ba'atsam, that supernal flow was coming down essentially. with the expansion of the presence of God upon the earth. What was sustaining the world before then? The Gemara says, just pure kindness. That's why we have 26 times, Kila Olam Chasto, which we say on Shabbos morning, and other times, representing the 26 generations mm-hmm. that the world had no true merit to exist. That's the Gemara in Psachim. There's 26 generations would be Adam to Noach, um, Noach to Avram is 20, and then Yitzchak Yaakov, Levi, Kahas, Amram, Moshe would be 26. Um, and the fire coming down from heaven, which represents the sustaining of the world. And therefore, we had to have all three of these things. Aaron begins with doing the avoda. Zerika's dam, he sprinkles the blood. The Hector achalavim, and the um, burning of the fats, hamizbecha, on the altar. And then Aaron lifts his hands towards the people, and he blesses them. The blessing of the Kohanim, that's also a type of service. But the fire does not come down. Because that influence represented by the fire and the completion of that channel from the upper world. To bring that down to the earth. For that, we had to first start with the merit of Torah. Which is essentially Moshe Rabbeinu. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who brings down God's presence from the lowest heaven into earth. Who Vilon, from Vilon, the arts to the earth, Kanoda, as we know, that Avram brought it down from the seventh heaven to the sixth. Each one brought it down one level in order for the God's presence to be in this world. And this is an interesting point itself, that the Jewish people were just completing level 7, but that the Jews before them had been ever since Avram, because we ask that question, you know, if Avram already had connection to God, right, but they were working together and each one was building on the other. And that's, of course, the famous question for how do we, we are a very 
very um, unworthy people compared to the previous generations, certainly compared to um, going back to ancient times. How, how do we expect that we're going to bring the final redemption? And the answer is, we don't expect that we're going to do it alone. We're building, a, uh, we're building on, on top of what they're doing, just like Moshe was building on top of the others. Therefore, God's presence could not come down, which would be the perfect sustaining of the world, until Moshe joins with Aaron. Because it's from the op- highest realm, we needed Moshe, who is the Chuz Torah, to bring it down, through the realm of the spheres, we needed all three. Alkein therefore, Be'ezchaber and Moshe, when Aaron and Moshe come together, Nimtu Mamat Shlosha Amudim, we have all three pillars Torah, Avodah, and Gemilas Chasadim. Kila Aaron, how you Gemilas Chasadim, because Aaron himself, so he has a different approach than you, Aaron himself represents kindness. Shoyemesim Shalom, he was the peacemaker within the community. And then you have the merit of Aaron's service. That's why it says, What was the blessing that Moshe and Aaron said? They said, That blessing which we say all the time. That's the influence which comes down through these three. Anyone who studies this, if you take a look at this, you'll see many more questions are answered uh, through this process. Now, I'd like to take a look at one more piece in the Alshech, although I'm short on time. So, I'm going to try to do this quickly. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit related to what we just saw. So, if you turn back to page Mem, page 848, if someone has to leave, I understand. I'm just going to take a few minutes. I still think uh, there's no giving without a receptacle. So you, the third has to be the receiving end. That's the three pieces. Not necessarily that one person can be both sides of the three. Well, it's interesting because we do have people who represent all three. Ironically enough, the person who we look at as an example of someone who was all three Duffy. is Shimon Hatzadik. <laughs> He's actually the author of that Mishnah. Because Shimon Hatzadik was the, the leading Torah sage. And he was the Kohen Gadol. And he was that great peacemaker between him and Alexander. He's the one who met with Alexander the Great and brought uh-huh. peace to... So he says the world stands on three things. And as we've learned, Hu Haya Omer means... Means it wasn't just that he said it, but this is what he represented. Yeah. So, so, That's cool. so you can have that sometimes in one person. Okay. Thank you. Um, on page eight forty eight, towards the bottom, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna try to say this very quickly. He says, "Why is it that we find different personalities amongst the Jews?" <coughs> There's some people who just want to spend all day long studying Torah. That's all they care about, they just want to study Torah. V'yesh b'tzdaka. Then there's some people who, they spend all day, and we're talking about people who have uh, meritorious intentions, so they want to give tzedakah. So they're running around making a lot of money, their, their Torah studying suffers, it doesn't have to, but for many it does, and their goal is they want to sustain the community, they want to provide, they want to give, Mm-hmm. And then there's some people who are naturally drawn towards <laughs> visiting the sick and supporting the elderly 
and um, saving the dolphins. I mean, the, the, it really is. It comes from this internal need to do good and kindness to those, even if they're not necessarily prioritizing well. It, there is something about them where they're drawn towards kind deeds. And he says, you can look around and see there are other mitzvahs where people are just drawn towards those mitzvahs. And even I look at the Torah scholars, I find so many differences. Some people like to learn Chumash. Some people like to learn Mishnah. Some people like to learn the stories and the Midrashim. Some people drawn towards Kabbalah. What causes these differences? Great question, right? It is. The answer is, we know our sages tell us that all the souls, not just the 600,000 souls, but all of its parts, the millions and millions of parts that they, all of them, were standing at Har Sinai. And every soul of the Jewish people has a hold on the Torah. As we would say, each of the letters, each every Jew is one of the letters of the Torah. But we know each of the letters of the Torah is itself made up of multiple letters. So each Jew has their spot somewhere in the Torah. You could be the tip of the gimel of this word, or the leg of the kuf in that word. You are somewhere in the Torah. So some people are connected to this mitzvah and some to something else because that's what you're drawn to. Because the part which you're holding on to, that's your real true fixing. And I want to tell you why this line in the Alshech is so, so important. There's a famous teaching from the Arizal, which the Alshech is kind of disagreeing with, who says that every person, you're working very hard to gain a portion in the world to come. Everyone's working very hard. Says the Arizal, there's one thing which you can do, which if you do this, you get automatic entrance, you get the flash pass, you can skip the lines, you just go straight on the ride to Olam Abba. <laughs> See, this is this Yeah, nice, nice try. Uh, maybe, maybe even the veterans discount won't help them. So, he says, you do this one thing, you could actually do it just once in your life, and you get Olam Abba forever. Because this is the one thing which you will put down in the world and to do, everything else is only secondary. So you'll say, awesome, tell me this one thing and I'll do it. And then I'll get all my boss. So I'll actually tell you what that one thing is. This is what the Arizal says. It is that one thing which is so hard for you that you've kind of given up on ever overcoming that, and that's the one where you make those excuses for yourself. Basically, the hardest thing for you to you should know, says the Ariza, that's why you were put into this world, to fix that. When you talk about, what do I knew, what I had done in my previous lifetime, so that I can fix things, if only we knew, you know. Everybody knows. 
And that approach, um, based on the writings of the Arizal, is actually a very, very scary one because uh, many of us just go, well, you know what, I'll just, I'll, I'll take the long road. But the Alshach is offering a whole different perspective. He's suggesting <clears throat> that the thing which you are most connected to is actually the thing that's most important for you to fulfill. It's almost just the opposite. Almost just the opposite. Because it doesn't say what's easiest, because that would be great. Because, you know, uh, um, I'll just do Shiloh HaKain once, and I'm good. If it would just be the easiest, everyone, even in terms of what's easy, people find different things. But yeah, he says, the one which you're most connected to. Let me just read this quickly. We'll go to the next paragraph. Kavana Satana Lomar, um, it's not so hard to achieve the next world. Because you should picture the world to come like a city with infinite roads leading to it. Everyone gets to take their own road. And when the tzaddik holds on to something, you're walking down your private road. Everyone based on their soul. And in your in this world, you're naturally drawn towards this path. Because that's your path to the world to come. And that's why it says, Kol Yisrael Yeshlam Chelek Laolam Abba. And everyone says, What's the what's Chelek mean? He says, Everyone's got their own private road to walk down Olam Abba, to hold on to. Whatever you're connected to, whatever you feel strongest um, with, hold on to that and take that and let that be your path. So Chelek is like path, it's the same short as, as portion? Well, path? here he's, he, it, it doesn't mean path, but he means like your, your niche so that you can get to Olam Abba. But it's the part in you that you feel most because that's, when we say chilek, we mean it's your chilek in the Torah. That's that little letter of the yeah, Torah yeah. which connects to you. That's what's going to lead you to Olam Abba. So find that peace within you, what you're most connected to, that's your chilek to Olam Abba. So is it the context of the word or the sentence or where it's being used right it's 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 where it appears in the torah and how it appears in the torah and because no two letters appear in exactly the same place in the same and the 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 part of that letter therefore no two paths will be the same but uh if if we if we would know that of course it would be a lot easier but he's saying you could know that because if you're drawn towards um redeeming firstborn children so it if you find that, then that means that somehow you, uh, you're you somewhere in one of those parshias. If, if, uh, <clears throat> if it's already the Torah for us, then where is the, where is our uh, free will in, in that? So he's, what he's saying is not determined, but you have an inclination towards. So you're driven and drawn towards that, but you can still choose to do it or not to do it. And also, you can choose how you do it. So let's take, for example, let's, let's use the example. Let's say someone is very drawn into a letter which appears in the parsha of Adam and Chava getting, uh, getting uh, brought together, the mitzvah of Puravu. So that person is naturally drawn to become a shadchan. 
They, they don't know why, but that's like their big thing. They're running around pursuing all their life. That's a, they still have the choice. They're just excited and drawn towards it. And if they, and, and then they have to have challenges within that realm of being honest, of not trying to do this, of, you know, and things like that. Wherever you're doing, you're challenged in. The same thing would be the mitzvah of tzedakah, the mitzvah of kibbutzav, you know, all these mitzvahs, if you're really connected to them, so if we were, in theory, if we were to, I'm going to just use an example, if we were to find where Esav's letter or little piece potentially, it would be somewhere within Kabedas of Yichavazimecha, honor your father, and that's why he was so drawn towards it. But then he corrupted it by saying, well, I can't wait till my father dies so I can, I can kill my brother. So that's that kind of corrupted um, version of that mitzvah. And so we still have to learn to, to do it, but working with what we're naturally drawn towards is a lot um, more tolerable than considering that I have to overcome that. that that's based on our past neshamas and what they need to fix when we come back. It, it is because those past neshamas are, we're in the same place in the Torah. So, so it'll Thanks go for joining all us for another episode right. from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.